very good morning and jai sadgurudev everyone to this weekly satsang session organized by north america institute of vihangam yoga my name is rahul avasti and i am the host for today's session i am joining this session from pittsburgh city in pennsylvania in weekly satsang sessions we deep dive on the topics of spirituality and take some questions to be answered by the experts who are following vihangam yoga spiritual journey for a long period of the time last week we discuss about the four fruits arth dharm kaam and moksha today we will dwell into the questions related to mind which is actually the most important entity for human lives to make them successful not only in their physical world but also in the path of spirituality today we have dr subhash chandra ji and anand apte ji in our panel to discuss about three questions the first one out of that is what are the different stages of mind second question is how do these mental states affect us affect a human being and the final one is how to overcome the negative effects of the mental states we see before we get started with today's session i would request jyoti ji to come forward and request our beloved sadguru sadafal dev ji to guide and bless our session with his holy presence jyoti ji will sing swagat gaan to seek sadguru's blessings and mangal gaan to pray for the prosperity and happiness of all the species in this world i'll hand it over to jyoti ji for this initial prayers i don't see jyoti ji in this session is there jyoti anyone jyoti jyoti sadguru rahul ji if jyoti ji is not available then i would like to take it please go ahead rekha ji बोलिए सदगुरुदेव भगवान की जय स्वागत का आज स्वागत नित्य गुरुवर संत सुभागमाइए अध्यात्मिक ज्योति 
तो मरस बरसाइए दोष दुर्गुण दूर करिए शुद्ध हंस बनाइए भेद गम गति ज्ञान शक्ति द्वार हटाइए खुले द्वारा सागर भक्त जनवाइए जन सदा फल शिक्षक आज स्वागत नित्य गुरुवर संत शुभागमाइए बोलिए सतगुरुदेव भगवान की जय मंगलगान विश्व शांति नाम मंगल परम गुरु को वर्ग द्वंद्व शांति दूर कर भाव भेद मिटाइए सार्वभौम समि सता ध्यात्म राज्य बनाइए भेष भाषा भाव जगमय ज्ञान पर दर्शाइए समृद्धि सुख शांति भरातल स्वर्ग भूमि बनाइए विश्व शीर्षक जन सदाफल नीति स्वर अपनाइए विश्व शांति नाम मंगल परम गुरु को बोलिए सदगुरुदेव भगवान की जय ओवर टू यू राहुल जी थैंक्स अलॉट रेखा जी फॉर कंप्लीटिंग द इनिशियल प्रेयर्स इन योर लॉडियस वॉइस now let's get started with our discussion today the first question we dwell into we talk today is what are the different stages of mind before i jump into this first question i would um, like to also request dr subhash energy and anand apte ji if there is any thing which is um, pending since the last week we can 
take that one as well. Otherwise, we can quickly jump into and talk about the answer for the first question. So let me hand it over to Dr. Subhash Chandraji to come forward and enlighten us with his thoughts. Dr. Subhashji. Yes, and uh, th thank you, Rahulji, and uh, thanks to all the listeners and uh, pracharaks of Vihangam Yoga for uh, giving me the privilege of being here and sharing my thoughts, experience uh, based on my limited intellect. my prayers in the feet of uh, holy feet of uh, Sadhguru and coming back to the question from the last session the question was uh, from Navinji as I remember that Sadhguru is the giver of all four fruits earth, dharm, calm and moksha how to handle the state of mind when these fruits are delayed. See, I have always uh, uh, been uh, pro for explaining and thinking about things at a very grassroots level where I can relate it to day-to-day -day example. I was listening to the satsang, the Hindi satsang yesterday and the vast knowledge that was imparted by our speakers because uh, our literatures, Swarved, Upanishad, Vedantas have a lot, a lot and way beyond to offer than what we can think of. So for me, what becomes more important is relating things at a very grassroots level. So uh, my apologies to begin with, if in trying to uh, give examples at the grassroots level, sometimes it may feel like I lost the essence uh, of its uh, vastness. Now, coming to this question is how to handle the state of mind when these fruits are delayed. So the way I understand it, because when this was asked, I think I misunderstood it to begin with. And Navinji corrected it, is that so they say that Sadhguru is the giver of all the four fruits, earth, dharm, calm, and moksha. So how come I am in the holy feet of Sadhguru? I'm doing meditation as I was informed. So why I'm not getting earth, dharm, calm, and moksha? A simple example I will give again from a very materialistic standpoint. There were two people who came to the earth, were given a dollar or let's say five dollars or five rupees, and they both started in the same uh, on the same earth in one country. The one person out of it could not make 
anything from that one dollar. He spent it in eating and buying bread, whereas the other person used it in a manner where he used a quarter and for rest 75 cents, he invested it. And the outcome was he became Bill Gates by the investment and the other person is uh, living on unemployment or disability income. So what I want to convey is that it's not what is given to you. It's what you make of it. And that gives all the fruits. Sadhguru is there. Is that Sadhguru is like that dollar. It is given to you. Now, whether you use it to generate all those fruits, earth, dharm, calm, and moksha, or you just believe you have it, you can use it anytime, or you, uh, by the blessings of Sadhguru, if I really have the blessings, I will uh, get moksha. You can live with that feeling and just die with that feeling. So it's all about how you use it. You have to have that jigyasa, that uh, that effort from within you. So if you are lacking that understanding, then your state of mind will be very complex or perplexed. Because the way I would understand it is, in this state, the most affected state of mind would be Jagrit state, the waking state. Because someone who is waiting for these four fruits of life, I don't think he will be waiting for it in the, in the dream state, uh, Swapnavastha, or in the Susukti Avastha, that is deep sleep state. So as I see it, that I have been given a dollar that Sadhguru here and I'm expecting everything to just come out of that one dollar. No, I have to make my efforts. I have to do my deeds. I have to wake up. I have to do all the chores, all that is expected out of me. Only then with those dollars, I will get earth, dharm, calm and moksha. So, uh, Rahulji, back to you. Thank you, Subhashji. Now, I'll request... Thank you, Rahulji. Yes, Guru. Is it Naveenji? Yes. Thank you. Yes, Do you want to add... Thank you so much. Do you want to add anything? Uh, no, no, I'm good. Please can continue. Thank you. Yes, so... Navinji, was I, based on my limited intellect, was I able to convey something or I still could not? No, no, you could. You, you okay. did. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, Jaisal Dev, this is Vijay here. Uh, Rahulji, I'll take just two minutes to add one context into it. Sure. Yeah. See, when there are as as very beautifully the scenarios were explained by uh, Subhashji that we all are given uh, the same opportunity. Now it is up to us to utilize this uh, to our advantage. 
Now it is something like this that let's say we are fallen into something which is much below the ground. Now how much we have fallen will differ. Maybe somebody is just five feet below the ground. Somebody could be 10 feet. Somebody could be 20 feet. It totally depends on how much fallen we are from the ground. The rope is there with all of us, but how long will it take to reach to the ground? Depends on how down we are from the ground. Rope has the strength to bring every one of us to the ground and then later it even to lift us from the ground. The rope called this Gyan, the Vihangam Yoga Gyan, the rope called this Sadguru, the energy of Sadguru is certainly capable to lift us. But how fallen we are, that is what we need to understand. How fallen we are. What determines how fallen we are? What determines? Two brothers come to Swamiji for Vihangam Yoga initiation. Both are initiated into Vihangam Yoga. But magically, Swamiji suddenly says one brother to stay back while the other, back, other person has to go out of the room. Both brother came for the first time to Swamiji. But Swamiji said, one brother stay back. And then Swamiji initiated the, uh, the brother, the, that brother, special brother, into the second stage. And then he says, stay back. He initiates him into third stage. And then he says, stays back and initiates him into fourth stage. On the very first day itself, one brother is initiated into all the four stages together, while the other brother is sent out after the first level of initiation itself. And this was pretty evident also. When both of them started practicing Vihangam Yoga meditation, one brother has the spiritual vibrations in the body right from the first day itself. While the other brother was struggling even to keep the body calm, forget about the mind. The, the special brother who was directly initiated into all the four stages of Vihangam Yoga together, when he sat in meditation, he saw the vibration, he saw the energy working very apparently with him, while the other brother was blind of that energy. He saw that my, my brother is feeling something, something is happening to his body, to his consciousness. And I, can, I can really see that happening in him. But he also experiences that nothing is happening to me compared to what I see in my brothers. Even it is so apparent from outside. I wonder what would be happening inside him. The technique is same. But the same technique has suddenly started working with one brother on the very first day itself. 
while the other brother is blind of un unaffected by that energy as if nothing is happening to him does it mean really nothing is happening to him maybe the special brother had also gone through that phase before and he is going through it now maybe the the special brother had already gone through this phase of nothing happening and then suddenly in this life he is enriched with all that which is necessary for something to happen and so on the very first day of initiation it's him itself suddenly he is blessed with everything but who will persist with this difference the one who understands it the one who knows that for the meditation for the spiritual progress to happen there are certain necessary inner ambience that needs to be built and maybe i am doing my best maybe i am meditating every morning every evening as it was told and today i am feeling very positive about it also i really don't give up opportunity of seva i don't give up opportunity of satsang and i meditate twice daily but yet it is not happening to me why so who will get im impatient or restless about it the one who would not understand the very ingredient of meditation to happen the one who thinks that it is like a shop if i give time it should immediately give me the result the one who thinks like that will get restless but the one who understands that maybe today for this brief period of time maybe maybe for a week maybe for a month though i feel i am motivated though i feel i am all set for meditation yet it's not happening but our chitta carries our sanskara our impressions for several lives today we are under the influence of those ambience those sanskaras which may be giving you the impression that you are all ready for meditation to happen in you because today you are in that influence but over the period of time we will come to know the reality about us what we are because then you will see some other habits also coming into play which was not into play at that point it was hidden within us then you will see that oh my brother is crying when he sees the master but i don't feel like crying you will suddenly start noticing the difference that my brother has a deep love for the guru and i don't have i really see the difference in the the amount of 
or it we cannot quantify love but yet the intensity of love i see the difference it will take little time for us to really feel what makes me different from my brother but slowly we'll come to know that means my brother has some hidden treasure within him which is making him so devotional for the master and so master gave him everything all of a sudden on the very first day and now i feel that i really don't have that intensity of devotion for the master as my brother has so things or maybe i'm 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 developing that devotion now and my brother has already had that devotion from the previous birth so there are some treasures some wealth the inner wealth which we need to develop maybe today we started earning that wealth with utmost devotion but we have started we have just begun and somebody who has already been doing it from previous birth maybe at current point of time you also feel equally devotional but you have not yet we have not yet gathered that wealth wealth of devotion for enough length of time so all these matters the day sadguru finds that his wealth is now inner wealth is sustained he has continuously shown his devotion he has continuously shown his inclination towards the spirituality towards the urge to know the almighty his urge is not dying down even though i tested him for these many months or these many years he has persisted with his urge to really grow in spirituality sadguru they test and when we qualify for that test then things start unfolding in our life so the one who knows these tattva gyan these wisdom will not feel restless one knows that all i need to is persist and it is sadguru dev to decide my qualification my job is to persist with this effort the day in sadguru's eyes i will qualify everything will happen to me but those who are not having this wisdom not having this theory clear in his head will get restless in few days in few months or maybe few years so wisdom is more important wisdom of how things happen how the karma play the role in our life how the sanskara which we have carried forward from the previous birth how the debt of karma also play a role maybe we are indebted to certain fruits which could involve which could include something like that you have to persist with persist with the effort of tapa for few more months extra than your brother this is your fruit of what you did in the previous birth so karma plays a role sanskara plays a role and based on what wealth of karma we have carried forward from previous birth what level of effort what level of devotion what level of love for the almighty and and the guru we have carried from from previous birth everything play a role and the one who know this they will be restful they will know that it will take time 
but it will happen. All I need is to persist with my effort. Thank you. Jai Sunday. Thank you, Vijayji. It was a great explanation. And there's one um, Doha which is coming to my mind that is from Kabir Dasji when he says, Dhire dhire re mana, dhire sab kuch hoi, mali si che saw gada, ritu ai fal hoi. It means be patient. Be continuous in the path of meditational yoga. Slowly and steadily, you will achieve your goal. But coming back to the first question, I still want to go back to Anand Apteji and take his points and his perspective on what are the different stages of the life. Over to you, Anandji. Jai Sadhgurudev. Thank you, Rahulji, for giving me this opportunity. I offer my salutations in the holy feet of Sadhguru. So the question is, what are the stages of mind? So let's first understand what is mind we are talking about, which is uh, mind is rough translation of word man in Hindi. When mind is referred here, it does not mean thoughts or memories or ideas or brain. We are talking about mind as a quasi-conscious entity attached with the soul, which helps us, uh, enables the soul to carry out its actions and experience the world. It derives its consciousness from the soul. Now let's look at the stages of mind. Swamiji says in Swarved, Shuddha ashuddha do bhed hai manhi avastha hoi Indrina yukta ashuddha hai shuddha somaras hoi Mind has two stages, conscious and gross. When mind is attached with sensory organs and action organs, it is in gross stage. When a seeker reaches advanced stage where the mind gets dissolved in its origin, that is Akshar Brahma, the soul is devoid of gross mind and what remains is conscious mind. When yogis reach this stage, they are able to carry out their worldly duties without getting entangled in the subjects, which means when a soul is without gross mind, the actions do not create any karma for it. All actions are a karma. When mind is in conscious stage, the soul is the true master and mind acts as per the instructions of soul. Conscious mind is always with soul, even in the abode of supreme soul. In fact, it is the conscious mind through which the soul experiences the bliss. On the other hand, gross mind acts on its own and gives mostly painful, disturbing experiences to the soul. Actions of soul attached with gross or impure mind create karma, which keeps pulling us deep into cycle of life and death. 
when we say pure and impure mind it is not about good versus bad thoughts it is about conscious and gross stage gross mind can be in three stages depending on the stage of uh, depending on our state below are three stages of soul that we experience daily swami ji says in survey जागृत भूमि कवन है स्वप्न भूमि कहा जान सुशोक्ति भूमि वे कवन है सकल विकृत समान इन दिस दोहा इन द फॉर्म ऑफ क्वेश्चन स्वामी जी इज आइडेंटिफाइंग वेरियस लोकेशन ऑफ माइंड चेंजिंग विथ डिफरेंट स्टेजेस ऑफ सोल इन नेचर फर्स्ट इज अवेक स्टेट वेन माइंड इज फुली एंगेज विद एक्सटर्नल वर्ल्ड थ्रू सेंसरी ऑर्गन and it passes on the experience to the soul during this time mind is in front of our eyes most of the time second is dream state which is also called rem state where the external sensory organs are at rest but the mind is still active and accessing previous experiences through chitta and providing worldly experience to the soul during this time mind is in throat region third is deep sleep where the mind is at rest in the heart region and since mind is at rest no experience is being provided to soul so soul is also in peace although it is state of gross peace which is ignorant state not conscious peace so in a nutshell mind has two stages gross when attached with sensory organs and conscious when devoid of gross which can be alternatively called impure and pure stages thank you rahul ji great explanation by anand ji thank you so much anand ji subhash ji do you want to add anything which um you might have missed out in because i know that you were connecting with the session uh the last session so in case you want to add anything from from the perspective of different stages of the mind please go ahead yes thank you rahul ji and uh, anand ji has very beautifully uh elicited uh the intricate uh, subject of mind in the way he expressed it but for me uh, i see it from a different uh, angle An angle which is a uh, way more simplified like i wake up in the morning and and first of all why are we here in this meditation session why are we not enjoying the beauty of life why are we not watching television playing with kids enjoying the sunshine instead we have our ears and eyes hooked to the cell phone or laptop for this discussion what is so important about mind that we need to know so first of all until and unless we have that desire or craving to realize what is so important about mind and why we are talking about it 
why we need to know about its different stages. We cannot uh, process the information further. So I'll keep this in the parking lot, this part of the discussion, as in why mind? And let's go through our life uh, in its very simple form. So here I am early in the morning, uh, woke up, need a cup of coffee. So who needs this cup of coffee? Is it me? Is it my mind? Is it my body? Is it my intellect? Is it my brain? Who needs it? Then I move further with the day. Is it me who is walking in the park? Is it my body? Is it my mind? Then comes the next, and then we eat our lunch and dinner. We enjoy news about Trump, about uh, politics. So in all these, there's one common factor that is connecting us with all of these. Again, not just one, there are 19 of them, but let's start with the basic ones, the Gyanendriyas. So these five sense organs keeps us connected to the outer world in the wake a state when we are wide awake which is jagrit avastha of mind that is what mind is mind is something which is uh, driven by which is uh, an outcome of these uh, five sense organs wherever these five sense uh, takes the person the mind goes there now there are so many uh, special discussions in Swarveda on mind, which was discussed even yesterday, uh, about the origin of mind and about uh, what kind of entity mind is, which Anandaji very beautifully explained about. Is a, and uh, I will just recite uh, from Swarveda, and then I will give the detail based on the understanding. Akshar Seman Upaje. Jada Chetan Nahirup Madhyam Ansa Pramana Hai Agantuk Bhavarup. See, it's a very intricate sentence in itself. Akshar, for common people like me, I still don't know what is Akshar because for me, being a scientific person, you need to feel things to believe in it. You need to touch it, feel it, perceive it to believe in it. Then Swamiji says in Swarveda, Vidut se gati chapal hai man kar chal apar indrina sanchalan kare karma varana vistar. Now that part I correlate better in the sense that when I'm in my day to day life, I know my mind because. I have those five sense organs. Now a child, examine, uh, just feel about a child who was born. Today is uh, the first day on this universe. He has come out of his mother's womb. Where is his mind? Where is her mind, the mind of that soul, which has taken the shape in the body? So the way I, 
try to think about it is that if I deprive that newborn of all the five sense organs, then there is no mind. Even if that infant, the newborn, is alive, has a soul in it, there is no mind. Even if the kid, the neonate, has a brain, has a stool body, has a soul, it has no mind. Because mind is driven, is, is just an uh, amalgam, it is just a quasi-conscious entity of five sense organs. So the newborn does not have a mind if I deprive the newborn of all the five sense organs. But we have mind because we have been using our five sense organs to form the mind. Why we talk so much about mind? Because again in Swarveda, Swamiji says, Man ki chal kuchal hai jivahi uvat chalao man fanda mein jiv pade bin guru kaun chodao so the man or the mind as anandji mentioned that man and mind are uh, the same man or mind is a uh, has a very uh, the word kuchal here has a very bizarre uh, not bizarre but malicious uh, ways or directions in which it takes you and that is the reason that leads us to the day-to-day -day sufferings, emotional turmoil, and that is the reason why we are so much into talking about mind. Hypothetically, if there was no mind, there was no perception of the environment, if there was no perception of the environment, you won't be worried about today, tomorrow, or day after. If there is no worry, your mind is not running anywhere, you will be peaceful. That will be the first and the most basic stage to begin with. But it's not doable. We cannot just deprive our body, the physical body, of these five sense organs. So then we try to study it. Why? To know how to control those five sense organs. Now, why we need to control those five? What I mean to say is that there comes the focus on one which is the most important, most vital, which keeps us connected with the environment for the most time, that is eyes. In many studies, in many places, it has been mentioned now and then that in awakening state, in awake state, mind lies in front of your eyes so wherever your eyes take you your mind goes there so now here let's say i am a soul because even if my mind is running the soul or the jiva is awake how do i know it is awake as long as i'm connected with the various external objects by the modification of the mind. 
so because this modifications of the mind constitutes the limited adjuncts of the soul now here comes the discussion limited adjuncts of the soul so the soul has been limited because of this the mind driving us or connecting us or taking us to those external objects in that scenario the jiva the soul that is me identify with self with the gross body which is again one of the external objects and during the awakening away a state it is the mind that occupies the brain and this word helps us to differentiate between mind and brain second stage we have been talking about is the dream state and yesterday it was a very interesting intriguing discussion about dream and uh, so I, i would like to take a few moments to go in detail on the dream state so as per uh, our knowledge of vihangam yoga and other vedic literatures upanishads we know that in the swapna avastha that is dream state the mind enters hita nadi nadi means nerve and hita so i looked for it i googled being a man of medicine thinking or uh, having the feeling that i know the human body at least to some extent i have dissected the body seen all the nerves coming in and out from one place to the other i try to look for hita nadi so the way the some explanation i got was it is the nadi which proceeds it is the nerve which proceeds from the heart and surrounds the great membrane around the heart which is known as pericardium so cardium is the heart pericardium is the membrane of the heart now they say that this nadi or nerve is as thin as hair divided into thousand parts so if it is so thin obviously when i dissected a human body i could not have seen this nadi so this nadi or nerve is not an anatomical presence in the human body further the way it is defined is that it is filled with minute essence of various colors of white black yellow and red and the individual soul or the jiva we are not talking about man here now we are not talking about mind so with this hita nerve the soul or the jiva experiences the state of dream so i spent my entire day in the waking state my mind kept running from one place to the other mainly through my eyes now i fall asleep i am in the dream state and going into the dream state is more like when we go to bed we change our clothes the day cloth uh, which we uh, wore to the office to the workplace we normally don't sleep in those clothes we change it to something else so during the sleep state we throw off our sense organs just like we throw off our daily suit or the clothes in which we work throughout the day 
that does not mean that we got deprived of it we just kept it aside so in the dream state the senses are quite these five sense organs and mind alone plays during the dream so the dream in the dream state so mind operates in a very free unfettered manner so in the waking state you saw the land uh, the car the bus and uh, your iphone your laptop but in the dream state mind creates everything out of its own body now i'm not saying body as a human body but i'm saying mind as an entity that mind creates everything out of its own body out of the material supplied from waking consciousness and what was the waking consciousness in which i drank coffee i ate my lunch i did my work that was the state of waking consciousness now so in the dream state the mind itself assumes the various forms as of its choosing flower mountain elephant horse river bee it can be anything in dream state mind is the subject it is the object as well so here in the dream state the seer and the seen are one that is the basic uh, difference how do we form the dream then the object perceived in the dream are revivals of impressions received in the waking state and have an external reality only to the dreamer not to anyone else now when modified by the impressions which the external objects have left the jiva or the soul sees the dream now why it is important why it is important to talk about these two aspects of mind before going to the third aspect because every person have their own subjective mental world and his own dream creatures now for example the dream creature of a war veteran is that he is still in war his mind has two strong mental images those of self and of the enemy and the mental images are strengthened by constant thinking here comes the role of brain growing or developing like a muscle and comes the importance of desensitization why i am discussing all this i come across patients who have been war veterans they were alive their mind was working in the conscious state in the war now they activated they were in a hyper vigilant state in the war in a jagrit avastha or in the waking state of mind they come back and now these people come to me as patients because the war veteran was choking his wife sleeping next to him in the dream he has no idea there are so many war veterans who would come to us because of the damage that they are doing to their partners in sleep 
and they have no memory of that. Sometimes they are choking, sometimes they are punching their partners in the bed. Sometimes they are seen hiding under the bed and they have no recollection. So here, in their dream state, their dream is totally different from ours. Because of their own subjective mental world, it led to their own dream creatures. And the feeling that the person is still in war and it's driven by all the outcomes and the fear or the joy. Let's say one of the war veterans enjoyed shooting people. So he was seen that in the dream state, he would hide underneath his couch and would make sound. So where did that come in the dream state? He was not even awake. None of the five sense organs were active because he had no recollection afterwards. And I can keep on on this, but I will stop for uh, this stage and come to the next one. And even when we are awake, in reality, our waking state in itself is a long dream. So I will summarize this by just explaining this. And then as time passes by, we will go in Susupti, discussion of the Susupti Avastha. So let's say that you dream that you are a king. You are enjoying all kinds of royal pleasures. But as soon as you wake up, everything is gone. Do you feel bad that you lost your kingship? No, because you knew that the dream creatures, dream entities are all false. They have nothing to do with reality. Similarly, even in the waking consciousness, if you are well established in the idea that the world is a false illusion, for you, the world and the waking state in itself becomes a long dream. Because even the world is not a reality, your waking state is also not a reality in its true sense. Now, what is the real tattva? Uh, Vijayaji alluded to it uh, in his uh, talks uh, right now. So, you see, the real tattva is something that exists regardless of the time, the moment, the years pass by, they do not vanish, they exist. So, why I said that our waking state in itself is a dream is a long dream why because the state of waking consciousness does not exist either in dream or sleep so it means when you are asleep or dreaming the reality that your waking state existed is gone it means it never existed because we are saying that the real materials real entities never vanish so how come in the dream state you forgot that you have a waking state that will follow your dream? All of a sudden, sometimes you wake up from the dream early morning looking for your child because you forgot that you have a child and you have to take the child to the school. You are so much lost in your dream state. 
Therefore, it is illusory. Our waking state in itself is illusory. And reality always exists in all conditions or states. So the reality of we being awake or asleep is not a reality because it does not exist in all conditions and states. So uh, I will stop here and back to you, Rahulji. I'm not going into Supi Avastha. I see it's already 10.30, so uh, please continue. Thank you, Subhashji. A great discussion, great insight. And we heard about the three stages of the mind. The awakened stage. We heard about the dreaming stage. And the third one is the deep sleep stage. So in the interest of the time, what I'll do is I'll open the floor and I would like to request any uh, new joiner who has uh, joined recently to come forward, introduce themselves. They can actually ask questions or share their experiences till now. Anyone who has joined recently to Vihangam Yoga family. Okay, if not, then I would request all of the joiners of today's session to come forward and ask if there are any open questions. Hello. 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 Yeah, hi. Uh, this is Tejinder Sayadev. Uh, Dr. Subhash just told us that uh, the experience for veterans or whatever they, they happened and uh, it came into a dream but sometimes uh, i asked this question yesterday also but i was not very clear means i used to have a dream and like uh, on every day uh, every night for a couple of years back i'm not getting that dream now it means i used to fly like uh, i'm go outside the window and then i can fly and uh, while I'm flying, I can see everybody underneath and I'm wondering how come they cannot fly, only I can fly. And uh, even uh, this dream was so much that every day that in the dream, I'm also thinking that is it a dream or is it real? Then uh, then uh, I'm happy that, oh, it's real, it's not dream. So, but this never happened and I never thought of this. So I, I asked from so many uh, people also I means what's uh, happening why i'm getting this but yesterday they uh, they said about chita maybe in the old uh, birth this thing may have happened so it came out of that so i want to ask dr subhash from the scientific point of view means what he thinks about this Yes, and uh, it's first of all, it's a very intriguing and uh, complicated uh, question. There are people who are expert in interpretation of dream. And uh, they spend hours with you to understand your childhood, what happened to you while growing up, 
was there a moment when you felt the need to fly like uh, you missed your family and uh, you wished you could fly you could fly and you could reach to the family and uh, from there uh, one of the thought in your brain started getting stronger something that we think very often the repetition of that thought tends to become a reality when i look into the origin of mental diseases most of them have a lot to do with uh, the repetition part of it most of the time the people who obsess who have a lot of obsessions and then that is not treated that obsession becomes their reality and that becomes a, a psychotic state form false fixed belief which has no contact with reality so since i'm i'm just a professional person in that regard so i'm trying to give some input from my professional standpoint that i will have to or someone will have to sit down with you to listen to your entire childhood until what age you are you are 30 40 and uh, what was your life like from where came this thought of dreaming what made it so profound that your brain ruminated over it over and over and over and over again that it became an integral part of you that you can fly you will fly you are able to fly but since in reality it is not happening you start flying in the dream because it is a hyper vigilant state of mind or how to say the ego splits itself and something that the ego cannot live or fulfill in the waking state or in the real life it does it in the dream state it satisfies it it fulfills it so we call dream is a chimera or is an amalgam of our emotions experiences expectations our wishes desires and sanskara which is a different topic altogether what is the role of sanskara over here in the interpretation of dream and uh, so the only way i could explain is that something had to do with flying in your life and uh, when does this break down like you quoted the example of the uh, war veteran what and what we do uh, how it happens and what we do to take them out of the war zone that they land into during dream so there are processes for that in which we neutralize their emotion or feeling of being in the war through some rapid eye movement techniques there are so many techniques which is not the subject of this discussion so what i want to infer from this is that your desire not desire your emotion a lot not let's not say even emotion it's a it's a it's a thought that you want to fly or you are flying it got neutralized and you stopped dreaming about it for the last few years maybe as i don't know you so i'm saying maybe because it got fulfilled 
something happened to justify that desire something happened to neutralize that emotion of yours that is the only way i can explain it and back to you rahul ji thank you thank you ji thank you yeah sadguru uh, jai sadguru dev i have a small question to subhash ji it's about the hetanari uh, uh, i was just curious it's a very scientific curiosity uh, like you say that hetanari uh, is like so small that you cannot see it is it like it's not like an object type or is it like so small that you can't even see from with a microscope yeah if you could answer this okay so you did not uh, introduce yourself but i see on the screen this is sanjana devi oh, so, sorry sorry uh, for uh, no no so uh, sanjana devi it is uh, uh, again it's a very interesting question and uh, uh, i to begin with i in advance i am uh, saying sorry for my ignorance in the sense that uh with a person of science until and unless you experience something you do not talk about it with full certainty so either the vihangam yoga practitioners who have experienced its existence can talk about it with full commitment whether it is too tiny to be seen by a microscope or it is not something that needs to be seen it can only be perceived by blessings spiritual blessings and spiritual exercises so what i told about hitanari was uh, nothing to do with my experience i have not seen it i have not felt it i know about it and uh, for the sake of knowledge and interpretation i searched for it online and uh, this is what i got but i am sure that uh, those people or vihangam yoga practitioners who may have uh, felt its existence because the way i have heard some of uh, very uh, senior people who have been uh, practicing vehemently talk about it uh, as if they are talking about their tongue they are talking about their eye so they would be the right person to tell you whether it is too tiny and not seen because it is microscopic or it is because you need a spiritual eyes to feel it rather than see it through microscope i hope i answered your question thank you thank you so much abhiji thank you sanjana ji yeah, yeah go ahead um jaisa gurudev everyone this is monica here i have a question for subhash ji uh, firstly i just want to acknowledge that it's it's been a delight um to hear your perspective in the past few weeks um and um, uh, you, you provide a very very good insight from the scientific perspective and that is the very reason um uh, i have this uh, question uh, you know listening to all the talks um so when you were explaining about the wake, how um, a mind perceives in the waking state uh, when the sensory organs um, are in play uh, versus in the dream state when the sensory organs are not in play uh, how the, but the reality stays um, 
uh, and both the states, um, as far as I understand, are the illusion, illusionary states. Um, so uh, the question that arises in my mind is, from a scientific perspective, uh, and also in the context of spirituality, what is the best state that a mind can be in? Whether it's a waking state, or it's a dream state, or if, you know, um, obviously there is a third state that we have not, you know, we have just talked a little bit in the last discussion. That is the state when, you know, a person, a Vihangam yogi, um, surpasses the fourth stage, you know, and is in bliss. So um, I'm not in my in my my question doesn't is not uh, touching upon that state, but just the first two states, the waking and the dream state, and you know, um, leading a life of spirituality. What is the best state that a mind can be in? Jaisal uh, Monica Ji, and. Uh... Uh, thank you for uh, asking this question and your uh, kind words. Uh, for me, I'm very low on the totem pole of uh, spirituality. I think I normally talk based on mind and intellect. So our senior speakers uh, like uh, Vijay Ji, Lalmani Ji, Raj Ji, they will be uh, more uh, more in a place to focus on it uh, from the spiritual perspective, Anandji, Rahulji. So, but since you have asked, I will use my mind to answer the question that you have asked. So, you alluded to the third stage of the mind while you asked the question, what is the best state of mind, whether the awake state or the sleep state, or something else. So let's talk about the third state, that is susupti avastha, or the deep sleep state of the mind. Even if we call it sleep, in this state, they say that the mind enters puritat nari, puritat nerve. Again, I have no knowledge of this nerve as a person of uh, medical origin. But I'm sure the people who have reached that stage of spirituality, they have that experience. Now, what is so important in this state? There is cessation of empirical consciousness. There is no play of mind in this state. There is no raga, no dvesha, as in no attraction or repulsion, no likes or dislike. The mind gets lay into its cause, which is known as manolay. Involution of the mind takes place in this stage. There is no play of indriya, no play of organs and senses too. So this state of profound sleep is not a state of complete non-being or negative. So we'll have to understand it that even if you're in a profound sleep, it does not mean that you're not there. Now, I don't want to be making a conflicting discussion here. 
I will try to further simplify. The self continues to exist in this state, though it is bereft of all experiences. It is devoid of all your experiences. Means whatever, you, you remember the example that I gave, again, to simplify, because when I used to listen to these uh, uh, satsangs, uh, I would lose my interest while listening because I will not understand most of the things. Most of the things would sound hypothetical to me. So when I have had these opportunities and privileges and blessings to talk on these forums, I always try to relate it with from most basic life experiences. So a child who is just born, a newborn, one day old or one hour old, how can we bereft or devoid the child of all the experiences? That would be by devoiding the sense organs. So will that means that just by devoiding the five sense organs, we reached the susupti avastha or deep sleep state. So I'm giving these comparisons to uh, have a clarity of distinction between when you are devoid of five sense organs versus your uh, susupti avastha. So in susupti avastha, the consciousness is continuous. You feel you have existed even during sleep as soon as you are awake. Here is the important distinction. Before I was telling that what is knowledge? Knowledge is knowing things in the way it is. That is knowledge. So what is reality? Reality is that exists regardless of time and space. So when in this stage, which is Susupti Avastha stage of mind, even during sleep, you know your awakening stage. So before I was saying that why our awakening stage is illusory or is illusion, because during our own sleep stage, our own objective world, which we had perceived through the sense organs, doesn't exist. It is totally we are out of touch. When we are asleep, we don't know about our child, our kids. I'm not saying you don't know, no, but when you wake up, all of a sudden you get in contact with the reality. The baby is crying. You have to feed the baby. You have to go to school. But in this susupti stage, susupti avastha, the deep sleep state, you feel that you have existed even during sleep, as soon as you are awake. You feel that you exist always. The, this stage gives the concept uh, of advaitic state. And this is the stage of bliss. So to answer your question, what stage will it be where it is the best? Then this blissful stage. And there's another stage, Turiyatik stage. That is the fourth one. We are not even discussing in detail about it. That is beyond my scope of understanding. So in these three stages, Jagrit, that is awake, Swapna, that is dream, and Susupti, that is deep sleep. This stage of deep sleep is of immense practical 
use for a clear understanding of who we are because we always existed we existed even before the earth we exist even now we exist in our sleep so that relativity of existence is not modeled by the concept of wake and sleep so you never slept you are never awake in that stage you know you exist you know you are whereas in these stages of awakening and sleep you are you don't know that you existed before you don't know that you will exist tomorrow while you are asleep now coming back to i don't want to deviate uh, a lot from uh, what you have asked so why it is the blissful stage and why because your question was which stage of mind is the uh, is one supposed to be at is the most pleasurable where pleasure is not the right word because pleasure is also a perception of mind but blissful stage is this susupti avastha how because what bothers us why are and again now here comes uh, the psychiatry in me what bothers us our perception of day to day life which creates our expectation i have this i don't have this i want this i don't want this why do i have cancer but if if you do not believe that this is your body then you do not have cancer so it is again a very different hypothetical perspective so to understand the suffering of life to understand that why our life is so miserable even though we have all the worldly belongings that one can think of most of the people who have moved from india to the us uh, some those who did not have everything here they have every materialistic thing except a blissful happiness now can that be achieved in the jagrit avastha or awake avastha no because in that avastha state of mind you are constantly roaming around you are constantly with the speed more than that of light from one place to the other to the other to the other mind is constantly running so no it cannot be a blissful state it cannot be a pleasurable state now the dream state the susupti avastha not susupti swapna avastha even that cannot be a blissful or pleasurable state because it's again mind is there even if you have taken off the suit of the five sense organs the mind is still there with all its vrittis chit ki vrittiyan and it will again have those uh, bizarre feelings fears emotions in you that will not let you feel that happiness so uh, i can talk more in detail again but uh, keeping mind uh, in time no keeping time in mind i would like to stop here and back to rahul ji monica ji i hope i could answer a, a little bit part of what you asked yes uh yes i understand the the explanation is really uh is great um but my question was a little bit on the on the um on the fact that because we are not yet there in the the you know in the blissful state that a mind can be uh i was uh just looking like how can at this in the states of waking and dream state what is the best state of mind mm. that one can be in 
So we, we can discuss this uh, again whenever time permits. Thank you so much. Uh, really, thank uh, you so much. Monica Ji, so uh, again, um, your question takes precedence, I think, in the sense that what you asked is way more important because other things we have not yet perceived. So from a common man's perspective, the best pleasurable state in the Jagrit Avastha would be your own control over your mind. That is by the first stage of Vihangam Yoga meditation. Your eyes are wide open and you see until the sky and through these eyes you grasp unknowingly, involuntarily every image that will settle in certain part of your brain and as need be or not be, it will keep coming to the forefront to bother you. But by training your mind in the first stage of Vihangam Yoga itself, you decide what will your eyes see because eyes is, are just the channel. It's mainly the brain that has to perceive. That is the reason why, let's say, you may be looking at your screen right now, but you're not still looking at your screen. Eyes are seeing the computer screen or phone which you are looking at right now, but your brain is looking at or imagining the situation in which we are talking. So the first stage of Vihangam Yoga helps you a lot and a lot to control these sense organs and the tentacles that the sense organs spread in those areas which are not required because those are the tentacles and expansion of the mind that makes us unhappy some makes us suffer but just by these meditation practice you develop such emotions as compassion patience love emotion uh, reality and the same moment becomes pleasurable i'll give an example here that how mind and how first stage makes a difference in the awake state itself normally when i'm driving to my workplace there's always traffic and uh, would get late now i'm late sitting in my car looking outside the window what's wrong, what's going on, why they have to have all these constructions on the street right in the morning when it's office time, and I'm getting restless. This is the time when my amygdala or emotions have hijacked my intellect, and the intellect part is I can do nothing. If the traffic has stopped, it has stopped. Why don't I live in this moment of the traffic, enjoy the ambience of my own car? Since I bought it, I have never even looked inside my car. I paid so much of money, but I have not even realized what color is the seat. Is it made of leather? So th th this is a simplest stage of meditation in which you can let your intellect prevail by preventing or controlling your own mind and the emotion or its expansion because of the circumstances. So yes, in the Jagrit Avastha, by meditating, on the first stage, you get enough of difference. And that is, again, based on my personal experience. You get enough difference in your day-to-day -day perception of life and being that you feel the difference. You feel the bliss, even in the first stage. You feel you are way happier than what you used to be. Because something that was making you unhappy 
does not exist anymore. Not that it has changed, but what has happened is that your perception of that existence has changed because the way your mind worked in the Jagrit Avastha has changed. Thank you, and back to you, Rahuli and Monica. Thank you, Subhashi. Such a great discussion. Thank you, Sanjana ji. Thank you, Tejinder ji and Monica ji. Uh, very relevant and uh, important questions you brought forth. Seeing at the time, we have only three minutes left. What I'm thinking is that uh, since we have covered, we started with three questions to be covered in this session, but we could only cover one question. So what I'm thinking is that I don't want to rush into other two questions and uh, don't spend much of a time. What I'm thinking is that we can take these two questions in the next session and we can continue focusing on these two questions and give them relevant time to uh, to talk to be talked about and get into the depth uh, of these questions as well. Um, so what I'm thinking is, um, let me summarize uh, the first question, the answers which we got, and maybe then we uh, take the other co uh, two questions in the next session. Uh, so, Rolji, sorry, sorry for the interruption. Mm -hmm. uh, before we uh, conclude, just wanted to technically correct a few terminologies that we have used so that in Vihangam Yoga philosophy, we adhere to the the way it is uh, documented uh, by the experience of the master. Uh, first of all, we have been uh, talking about Jagrit, Sushupti, and the Swapna Vastha, and we are tagging it with a state of the mind. Uh, just to put it in the right perspective, uh, this is the state of the being uh, which we are today, who we are today. We are the soul, we are having the body, we are having four inner organs. So the Jagrit, Sushupti and the Swapna, the Jagrit, Swapna and Sushupti, these three states that we have been talking about, this is not just the state of the mind, but in right perspective, as Vihangam Yoga talks about it, it says that it is a state in which the soul, the mind, the other inner organs, the body will be in certain state. So it is one state which is achieved by certain uh, arrangements of everything together. It is not just the mind. So that is why it is says these are the six states. These are the six stages or states, avastha. And out of these, the first three avastha, the Jagrit, Swapna, and Sushupti, these are the avastha in which the soul, the other inner organs, your body will be arranged in certain way. So you cannot we should not tag it just the the states of the mind, but it is state of the whole being. That's what we should correctly term it as. Similarly, as uh, Dr. Subhashji said that then we have higher states of the whole being, which is the Turiya, Turiyatit and Apt. 
those are again the state of the whole being it is not just the mind so just wanted to technically correct that yeah thank you thank you so much vijayji thanks a lot for uh, the required correction and again i uh, apologize if i have made uh, any uh, technical or uh, 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 spiritual error in conveying of uh, uh, my intellect based on this and again i i took a lot of time in the discussion so also my apologies for that thank you it's a great uh, discussion subhashi it's a great discussion vijay and i know that these these things when start flowing there are lot of items to discuss about and that is why i thought of not taking up two other questions in today's session i know that that these two other questions should be given appropriate time uh, so that we are doing justice uh, to those questions as well now just wanted to summarize uh, what we heard about these stages and i think rightly summarized by vijay ji itself i'll just put forth one of the shloka from bhagavad gita which is from the chapter 6 of bhagavad gita which will actually uh, give us a path in the next discussion the next two questions which will be coming up and that will be a path in that direction so it goes something like that udret atmana atmanam na atmanam vasadye atmanev Sri Bandhuratmev, Ripuratmana. That that really concisely talks about that. Hey, this mind is such a potent, powerful entity that if we keep it into our side, it is our best friend. But if we will lose the control, it is the worst enemy we can even thought of. So with these thoughts. i will hand the last part of this session over to rekha ji um, to conclude the session with the prayers uh, rekha ji over to you hey sadgurudev shanti path he prabhu shanti swarup ho शांति शांति मय शांति 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 जन शांति हो पूर्ण शांति मय शांति हे प्रभु शांति प्रदान कर दूर हो सर्व अशांति देव सदा फल शांति मया शांति शांति सुख शांति बोलिए सदगुरुदेव भगवान की जय ओवर टू यू राहुल जी थैंक यू रेखा जी थैंक्स सुभाष जी थैंक्स आनंद जी विजय जी एंड ऑल द पार्टिसिपेंट्स टू मेक दिस सेशन सक्सेसफुल विल मीट अगेन in the next session with other two questions and then we will progress into our spiritual journey in bhangam yoga thank you and have a good rest of your day and week jai sat gurudev yes sir